Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Christy Dole, and you are listening to When Hustle Meets Flow. (sighs) Let's all just take a nice deep breath in through our nose and out of the mouth. It's really nice to be here with you guys. I want to come in and chat about something that's really been alive for me over the last summer, the last season that that we've been in. And um, yeah, I trust that what's alive for me is is alive for you and really want to educate on this. Um, so today's discussion, we're going to talk about ego deaths. Um, so I don't know if you've ever heard the term ego death. I have. And I always kind of was like, what is that? It sounds scary. And it definitely sounds like something I don't need, (laughs) which really was my ego protecting me from it. Um, And so, yeah, I just want to kind of dig into the ego, the ego death. Um, So let's really start this conversation with defining what the ego is. Now, you can talk to so many different people and get so many different definitions. The ego, I'm going to just define the way I see it. The ego is the part of all of us have an ego. And I know the ego gets a really bad rap. And I've said this many times on this podcast, the way that I relate to my ego, it's a part of me. It's just like my elbow or my feet or my hair. It's a part of me. And so I don't ever want to hate a part of myself. I don't ever want to feel like a part of myself is sabotaging me or, you know, I just, I've heard a lot of leaders and thought leaders and trainers and and things of such. And, and they kind of really give the ego a bad rap and they say like, you know, just take it and throw it out and tell it to shut up and I have a very different way of relating to my ego. The ego is the part of ourself that is generally just trying to keep us safe. The ego is formed between the ages of zero to seven. When you are a baby up until around age seven, your mind is only operating in the subconscious. And we've, I've talked about this at nauseum here about the subconscious mind and the conscious mind, but the subconscious mind as an adult is responsible for 95% of your thinking and your conscious mind. This is the part of you that has dreams and goals and the things that you want and desire and all of that. That's your conscious mind is responsible for 5% of your thoughts. So when we are a baby till about age seven, our mind is only the subconscious and it's pretty much like an open database that is taking in every single um, every single thing that you experience, every single interaction, anything that you witness, that you hear, that you smell, that you taste, that you touch. You know, our five senses are how we take in information. And so that's a really crucial time. And so from zero to seven, your subconscious mind is taking in all this information. And then right around the age, you know, between seven and eight, it kind of closes shop, if you will. And then your conscious mind kicks on. And if you guys have kids, notice, I've I've noticed this in my children. Well, my oldest is now eight. 
So I noticed the shift in her about a year ago that she went from, she just, her personality changed. Um, she actually started to really have her personality. Um, whereas before it was kind of, she was this like open sponge. Um, and I have a six-year-old and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely keeping an eye on the shift when, when that happens. It's, it's pretty, um, remarkable to, to like be aware of this and to watch it in a child. So the ego is the part of you that was kind of formed during this time. This is like your identity. This is how you see yourself and how you relate to the world. Again, I remember when my daughter turned about seven or eight, this is when she kind of came home and was like, hey, I noticed this person has a bigger house than us. I noticed this person's dad, you know, X, Y, and Z. This is when she starts to, this around seven or eight is when you start to notice that you're separate from the world, right? Because when your subconscious is just totally open, it's almost like there's no separation. And so the separation happens and thus forms our personality, our identity that we carry into our adulthood and left unchecked, that program in your mind, the subconscious is just constantly running. And the words, the ideas, the actions, the habits that you witnessed and that were modeled to you as a child become your habits and patterns. It's fascinating. I follow the holistic psychologist. I love her. And she had a post the other day giving in, giving you giving the readers an idea of how to identify what your generational trauma is. And she said to look at your parents, to look at your siblings, to look at your aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents and notice what patterns do they have in their life and then reflect on your life and ask yourself, do you have those same patterns? And if so, that's generational, that's the, the generational pattern that's been passed down. So I kind of went off, went off a little bit there, but so back to the ego. So the ego is this part of you that is your identity. It's the part of you that is your personality. Now, a lot of us tend to think that we were born hot-headed or ambitious, or, you know, I'm, I was born a hard worker. That's just who I am. And while that feels really true, the truth is you were kind of programmed to be that way. And so that's the ego. The other piece of the ego is that the ego really wants to keep us safe. And when I say safe, I don't necessarily mean like safe from actual danger, but safety in this conversation means familiar. Safety really means um, you know what the outcome will be by behaving and acting in a certain way. So I'll share... Um, a part of my ego um, recently that has been under as, as that has been dying really, um, and that's you know when I was a little girl, um, my my mother was an immigrant and she had a hard time kind of connecting with the women in our small town, um, and I wasn't conscious of this. Of course, I was like a very young, young, young girl but we weren't invited to play dates and we weren't included in things because we were just seen as different. And again, it's not like my mom sat me down and was like, we're not included, right? But the environment, the temperature, the, the energy in our home was that we weren't included. So a part of my identity that formed 
was wanting to be included, was really putting my safety and security in being included. And that has followed me my entire life up until this past season. So I just wanted to kind of give you that. A, a, a part of your ego could be that you're a hard worker, right? You were modeled and you learned as a child that being a hard worker meant you stayed safe. Just like for me, being included meant I was safe. Even if it was with the wrong crowd, even if it was with people that treated me horribly, if I was included, my ego was like, okay, we're safe. Because my ego witnessed, my subconscious witnessed the pain that my mother went through not being included. So my ego made the decision, well, we need to be included in order to feel safe. So you, we all have our own kind of, we have many, many, many different layers of our personality and of our ego. And that's just one little example. Um, and, and a lot of times these personality traits are positive. Like there's actually nothing wrong with having an ego or having personality traits until they actually become the reason why you can't move forward until they actually become the reason why you um, are hindered and they actually can become a block. So that's the ego. Now, an ego death is really when one of two things happens. Either, and I think this is probably not the majority, I think this is the minority, but one of two things happens. Either you no you notice that there's a trait within you that is comfortable and feels safe and really feels, yeah, very comfortable. It gives you comfort to have this part of yourself, but you also know in the same breath that it's holding you back. And so people will actively go to kind of really flesh that out and kind of kill off that part of themselves. And there's many different ways to do that. Plant medicine ceremonies is one of them, working with therapists, shamans, you know, that sort of thing. But that that's a very conscious way to do this. And in my experience and what I've witnessed in clients and in friends and in the world, the majority of the time an ego death will come because something happens that forces you to reckon with this part of yourself. I know a person who, um, you know, totally changed, like 180 changed when her husband cheated on her while she was pregnant and she was divorced with a six-week-old. I mean, that's the sort of thing that really forces you to look at yourself and ask yourself, how the fuck did I get here, right? Um, she made a massive shift and change within months um, and actually is better for it. Um, another way for me, I'll use the example, this summer has been a really, really, this, this has been the first time in my life I've ever truly experienced an ego death. Well, actually, that's not true. I experienced an ego death the very first time when I was 29 and decided I would not work in corporate America right? So my identity up until then was I do what everyone told me to do. I went to college. I got my degree and I worked in corporate America. You have a nine to five, you bring home a salary and you just, you know, keep it moving. But when I was 29 and my Saturn return hit, um, and your Saturn return is something that everybody goes through if, if they live to be into their thirties. And this is when Saturn, the planet actually makes its first revolution around earth. 
And so if you are not living your purpose, if you're not in alignment with truly your soul's mission, Saturn return is going to create turmoil in your life to get you on the path. And for me, I quit corporate America and became a yoga teacher. So that was for sure Saturn getting me on my path. And that move is what led me to be where I am today, you know, to be life coaching and working with spiritual men and women to help support them to get out of their own way, to get unstuck. So that was, that was my first actual ego death. Um, but I've had an ego death recently this summer, um, different circumstances came about. This was not something that I chose (laughs) being totally honest. This is not something that I chose, but different, different outside, uh, factors happened, which really questioned that part of my identity that I shared with you guys earlier, which is wanting to be included. And not only that, but I've really been doing digging and looking into this, but something that I noticed about something nuanced about that part of myself is that I want to be included by the bitchy girls. (laughs) And this totally stems to the relationship I have with my mom, who I love and is a wonderful person. Um, and you know, emotionally she's, she's a little hard, um, doesn't really give me the warmth and nurturing that I really desire. And because of that, I tend to seek out friendships in women who emulate that, who basically kind of give me emotional crumbs and kind of keep me guessing where I stand with them. And yeah, and so that was a piece of my identity that this summer has and is dying off. And it's been, man, guys, maybe one day when I'm like really on the other side of this, I will share, you know, the summer of 22 um, because it's been one of the hardest seasons I've ever walked through. Um, But really reckoning with this part of myself and Although it's been really hard and there's been so many tears and so much confusion and just so much, I can really kind of pull myself up and see from a 10,000 foot view um, why this is for me. And, you know, not to sound corny or like a broken record, but I truly believe everything is always happening for us, not to us. Although it can feel, right, when when this summer, when all these different events started unfolding in my life, of course I had moments of like, what the fuck? Why is this happening to me? Like, I'm a good person. I'm not hurting anybody. Why, why is this happening? And that's okay. That's human. So if you find yourself in an ego death, you know, be human. Like, be upset. Be sad. Like, ask yourself, why is this happening? I'm sure the woman that I know whose husband cheated on her, I'm sure – for a while, she was like, what the fuck? Why is this happening to me? Um, but then you have a choice. You can either stay there and wallow in it, or you can really choose the perspective of everything's always happening for me. And what I realized is that in order for me to really step into the bigness of what I've been asking for, in order for me to hold the space and hold the energy of what I know I'm here to do, I really can't have this part of me wanting and wishing for everyone to like me and want to include me. And I I just can't because 
part of what I've been letting go of is the need for people to approve of what I do. And something that also has been prevalent this summer is that I'm like really different. And I, I never, again, this is another ego death that I had, was I really saw myself as fun and one of the girls and people like to be around. And again, I'm still very much in this, so I may have more wisdom and more clarity in a few months or, you know, whenever. But um, yeah, there's a part of me that um, has been dying off that I, I'm basically really coming to terms with the fact that what I'm into, what I talk about on this podcast, what lights me up is really fucking different from most women my age and even younger, which is so surprising. Um, and one of the ways that this has truly been for me is, as you guys know, I'm, I'm a life coach and I've worked with entrepreneurs. And one of the things that entrepreneurs often say to me is that they're really worried about sharing their drive, their dreams, their desires. They're afraid to share what they're doing, what they're up to because of what other people will think. And I have to be honest, I never understood that. I really didn't um, until now. <laughs> now I get it. Now I realize that there are actual human beings out there judging you. I just, I don't, I, another, I, another ego death that I've been having is my naiveness. Is that even a word? Naiveness, naivety. Either way, I've really realized how naive I am. Like I'm really fucking naive. Um, yeah, I wear rose colored glasses. I really see the best in everyone. And I just would never imagine in a million years that people in their 30s, no less, are so conservative, so rigid, so programmed, so conditioned, so hateful. I mean, honestly, it's you you will rarely hear me say the word hate. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, to to yeah, I just I just honestly, I thought it was something that people made up. I thought it was something that happened in movies. I just really didn't think actual human beings that weren't like 70 years old <laughs> are are judging people, are actually going onto their social media to judge them. Like I just, that doesn't exist in my world. I don't do that. And so it was really strange to have that on my doorstep. But that's another piece of myself that's dying off. And again, how is this for me? you know, if I really want to grow and scale the way I want to, I can't be naive. I really can't see everybody as like, um, as safe. I really, and, and that's different for me. And again, I think in a few months or even a, however long, I think I'll have a little bit more, um, of a handle on this because right now I'm just asking myself, does this mean that I don't trust people? Does this mean that, when I meet people, I really can't be myself. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm juggling with right now is how do I be me and also not put myself in a situation like I've been in this summer where I've had a lot of people judging me and um, hurting me, to be honest with you. So back to ego deaths. 
when there's a part of you that dies off, it is going to probably hurt. It's going to feel really uncomfortable. You're going to potentially ask yourself, like, who am I and why is this happening and how do I navigate this? And all of that is so normal. And so I really want to give you guys some tips if you find yourself in this season yourself or if you know someone that's going through this. Um, so first of all, the first thing I want to share is I, I believe now that I've, now that I'm in this season myself, I really believe that an ego death is an initiation. It's an initiation into what you've been asking for. So I've been asking for a lot. I've been intending on a lot. I've been manifesting a lot. And, you know, again, this is a part of me that's dying off is I totally thought I could get there scratch-free. I totally thought I could get there without any cuts or bruises. <laughs> and that's just not the case, right? There was parts of me that needed to be shed, parts of me that I needed to reckon with, parts of me that I needed to really feel to its fullest so that it could finally kind of move out of me. Um, so if you're finding yourself in this season, look at it as an initiation into what you've been praying for. <sighs> okay. The second tip I have for you is if you find yourself in a season of ego deaths, um, is to the, the number, number one thing is to be so kind, loving, and compassionate towards yourself. Let me say that again. Be kind, loving, and compassionate towards yourself. During an ego death, it is very easy for you to um, beat yourself up, to, you know, say like, oh God, why, you know, I can't believe that I've, that this is happening. I can't believe that I've been like this. I can't believe, or you can direct it outwards and, you know, um, project this confusion and sadness and ego death onto other people, right? So you can just turn around and like make the other person wrong. You know, the things that happened to me this summer were definitely, there was a couple of people that kind of initiated this. And while I have zero interest in, you know, um, I guess be being friends with these people at any point, um, I thank them. I really, really thank them because they were the spark that initiated something that had to happen. So rather than, you know, get even, or again, the woman whose husband cheated on her while she was pregnant and then divorced her six weeks later, um, she could have done all kinds of crazy things to that person, but instead she kind of redirected the um, attention inward and did her inner work. So yeah, it's it's really easy to want to kind of like point the finger and blame and just project out. Um, but what you actually want to do is turn the mirror inward and really love yourself through what you've been through. Um, one thing that I do often is I place my hand over my heart and I say, I forgive myself for buying into the illusion that I need to be included. The truth is I belong right here, right now, right? So for you, it'll be different, but you can say, I forgive myself for buying into the illusion that I have to be a hard worker in order to be loved. The truth is exactly as I am is worthy of love. 
you know, I forgive myself for buying into the illusion that this part of me is my, is true. Um, the truth is, you know, X, Y, and Z. So that is something that I've been doing often. And really just when I start to beat myself up, because I do, I'm human. When I start to beat myself up for being in the season, for being, for just being 41 and someone who's like still figuring all this shit out, <laughs> I really, really turn compassion and love inward and I forgive myself and I show compassion. I show love. I tell the little me, right? The little girl that witnessed all of this, the, the little girl that um, bought into the illusion that this is who she was and this is how she had to be. I go and do that inner child work. So um, forgiveness, compassion, love, self-love, and inner child work are really going to be key factors in these, this ascension that you're going through. And when I say ascension, ascending means moving up. And I said, I've said this before in a few podcasts, but if you think about your life, we tend to think that it's linear, right? And that's so not true. That's a very, um, outdated way. The truth is I want you to think about living your life kind of like walking a circle, except it's not just, it's not a circle that completes itself. It's actually a spiral that moves up. And so these ego deaths and everything are happening because you are ascending up. And in order to continue to ascend up, um, you, you have to, sometimes you have to go through these hard things. And then lastly, I would say a big tip I have around um, dealing with an ego death is to just collect evidence of how and why this is for you. You know, um, really kind of asking yourself, what have I been asking for? And how is this shedding of this part of my personality, this part of my ego, how is this allowing for that? You know, it's just really about finding the gifts. And then really another piece, uh, another tip that I want to offer is as you're going through the ego death, right? So this is not like a day thing. This doesn't happen in a moment. It's, you know, depending on how old you are, it's like you're releasing, you're really letting go a part of yourself that you've known your whole life, um, is to truly feel your feelings, and not just feel your feelings, but to somatically move it through. And so for me, that has looked like a lot of breath work, a lot of crying, a lot of journaling, a lot of uh, tapping and shaking and dancing. And if you follow me on Instagram, I'm at when hustle meets flow. I've created a few pieces of content recently about how to move yourself through, um, these lower level emotions like shame and um, victim and anger and jealousy and comparison and all of that, you know, those energies are blocking you. And so those energies are going to come up during an ego death. And rather than kind of like stuff it down and just push through, which is just inevitably going to continue this pattern of this part of your ego blocking you, what you actually want to do is just feel it. And I know that a lot of us are like, what does that even mean? Or I don't want to feel it, you know, because it wasn't modeled to us. Most of us did not have parents that showed us how to feel our feelings. Most of us did not have parents that actually felt their own feelings. So again, this is another part of your ego death is 
how's that, how's that working for you? You know, if, if you have enough anger and shame in your body, this is where dis-ease comes from. And there's so much data out there to show that stress is the number one reason for any sort of illness. Um, I mean, it's true. So feeling your feelings for me, it looks like every single morning I will first thing in the morning lately, I've been going outside and I've been doing this like Kundalini kind of, um, 10 minute morning practice. And then when I'm done, I sit there and I place my hand over my heart and I literally tune in to what's there. And the moment that I do that, it's like it breaks open and there's tears. And it's almost just kind of like my morning practice of washing away what's there. And doesn't mean that it goes away fully because honestly, the next morning I show up and it's 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 there. <laughs> but every time I tap in, every time I allow that to be felt, every time I close my eyes and I picture my inner child and I ask her, what do you need? And I give her what she needs. That's healing. Every single time it's me walking that spiral up, up, up. Um, yeah. And it's not like it's going to be like this forever. This is just a season. So really feeling your feelings and being brave enough to do that. <sighs> All right, guys, I really hope that this was helpful. If you are looking for support on feeling your feelings or going through this, I would encourage you to email me at whenhustlemeetsflow at gmail.com. I am taking clients right now. And I will see you next week. Also, take a picture of this podcast, share it on your social, tag me with your biggest takeaway, and I will see you next week.